Hi, everybody. Welcome to Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue is when men feel like the bad guy, how you both can speak and hear effectively. My wife has a need. That means I'm not good enough. What do you tell these guys? Well, I try to get them to first really be in touch with themselves um, to try to understand gain some insight about what they're feeling. Because if you ask them, you know, directly, is it that you feel like you're not good enough? They wouldn't, not, you know, come out and say that all the time. Although some people do. It's interesting because a lot of men will say, You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. All right, for the sake of this podcast, we're going to say men and women, or husband, wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend, but this relationship, this podcast is about all relationships, so it definitely can be for same-sex couples or anybody in any relationship. So that's my disclaimer. So the issue, this issue is really, I think, about two things. Number one, how men sometimes interpret what their partner is saying and turn it into a negative or a criticism or a put-down. And two, how women or the partner, sometimes share their feelings by backdoor attacking, I have great experience in this, or roundabout criticism before they get to the issue of what they really want, instead of talking about themselves. So I'm going to tell you a little story, and then we're going to bring in our expert. Um, so for those of you who know me, you know, I'm a big hugger, I'm a touchy person, I grew up with, with um like a greeting ritual, you know, whoever comes in the house usually would, or the door would say hello, Duh. And, you know, we'd give hugs or kiss everybody, some sort of physical greeting, definitely a verbal greeting. And my husband, not so much. And this bugs me sometimes. It really bugs me. And so I've said in the past, <laughs> I, I, I have said in the past, you could have kissed me. Hello. You know, I'm right here. So to which he would respond, defensively, of course, you could have kissed me first. I'm, I'm like, no, no, that's not how it works, buddy. I'm home. And you, you come through the door. So you you're the first kisser. Anyway, so it's a simple example. And it may not seem like a big deal. But it's a poor way of communication. And it's a great way to get a reaction that's poor from the other person. And we both really could do better in that in this example. So I'll just analyze myself. So when I said, you could have kissed me, hello, he heard me saying, you're not good enough. And you did something wrong. Um, so I attacked him softly, but did. And of course, I'm going to get that defensive response. But there are times when I get it right and I don't respond, I don't project an attack and I do get a similar response. So for another example, you know, I like a, a long hug. I sound very needy before I go to bed. And once I said, could I have a hug before we go to bed? You know, that's a, that's a good, you know, natural way of asking for a hug to which he responded <laughs> so funny we hugged just two hours ago like you need a hug again interesting so he even though i said it right i didn't attack him he heard me saying you're not good enough because lynn needs another hug you didn't do it right two hours ago so the question is how do we two questions how do we express our emotions and thoughts lovingly without criticizing and say it in a very positive way taking ownership and Two, how can men interpret what their partners are saying in a more positive way without taking it personally, like you're not good enough. You're the bad guy because I have a need. Okay, two questions. So for those answers, we have Dr. Lisa Arango here today. Lisa is a psychotherapist, 
And she's got this great thing called a happy marriage formula. I want to hear more about that. And she helps millennials have great relationships. And she's just like just this kick-ass relationship expert. And she's been here before. Thank you for coming again. Thank you, Lynn. Glad to be here. So what did you think of my story? Both Uh, of them. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really common. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating that you end up getting exactly the opposite of what you want when you're trying to just get your needs met. And you you're being it sounds like you're even being conscientious about it. Like, okay, I'm going to say this the right way. I'm going to go. I'm going to say this in a way that's very sensitive and loving. And then you end up getting the same response. So very frustrating. Thank you for validating. You're welcome. So, so how? Tell me more about this because um, I got this idea from listening to your Instagram um, when you said you did a little reel and you said you know many times men come in your office and they feel like the bad guy because like we just discussed like mm-hmm. their partner has a need. Where does that come from? Well, they often feel like, well, let me just say this, men and women, again, I'm talking about marriages and the common type of relationships that I see in my office, but many times the husbands feel like they can never get it right. It's never enough. And every time a conflict or their wife is upset, they go into this, here we go again. And a deep sense of like just failing in their marriage. So it's kind of like, and then there's context, you know, if there's been a lot of conflict in the relationship and then we all come into our marriage, our relationships with our baggage from our childhood. So that's always looming in the background too, a sense of like, you know, if you had feelings of not being adequate or, you know, criticized by parents. Yeah. And just if you're really hard on yourself, which a lot of men are really, really hard on themselves. And when they Mm. can't make their wife happy, which is mostly what they say, I just want her to be happy. I just want my wife to be happy. And then they see That makes me feel good enough. I've done something right kind of thing. Yeah. And Mm. then they feel like they're, they can't even do that right. Their wife is upset with them. And so a lot of times when it's been going on for a long time, even something that sounds like an I statement, like I need can sound like, well, you need it because I haven't been giving it to you or you wouldn't be in need kind of thing. Like we just hugged two hours ago. Exactly. What's your problem? <laughs> right. So let's focus on men and then I want to go to the, uh, the partner. So, okay, now that we understand, you know, maybe the guy was criticized heavily by parents, very hard on himself. My wife has a need. That means I'm not good enough. What do you tell these guys? Well, I try to get them to first really be in touch with themselves um, to try to understand, gain some insight about what they're feeling. Because if you ask them, you know, directly, is it that you feel like you're not good enough? They wouldn't not, you know, come out and say that all the time. Although some people do. It's interesting because a lot of men will say, you know, at work. I'm always, you know, I feel very competent. People respect me. Um, you know, I have employees that look up to me or I, you know, I'm in the courtroom and I'm winning. Nobody's asking for another hug. Right. (laughs) And then I come home and then the one person that I love is like, you know, I didn't do things right. She's unhappy. So just try to get them to walk around and what that feels like when they come home and what, when they see their wife's face or when they see her unhappy or get any kind of signs that they're not doing it right. And so get them 
person to really think about that and identify what it feels like. Because a lot of times wives don't think that their husbands are feeling anything because they tend to shut down or withdraw or walk away. Or they away. don't use those words. I feel blah, blah. Right. Or, right. I mean, they may snap back or maybe mm-hmm. some men will just like, you know, just kind of sigh, roll their eyes and just walk away if they're being, feel like they're being criticized. Right, right. You know, so it's like, you know, when they hear, when I ask them to kind of walk around in, in what it feels like, I usually ask them first, like, what does it feel like in your body? Like, where do you feel it? When you see your wife's face, like, start to turn, you hear a tone of voice, some body language, where do you feel it in your body? What? That's a great question. We, uh, I've done that in therapy as well. What, what is the benefit of men feeling their body? Well, a lot of times for anybody, but particularly men, if they're not socialized to express their feelings and they're not used to talking about their feelings, um, we first experience our, our emotions, our feelings in our body. So first we sense and then we make sense of. So it's the first sensation comes to our body is our, our first sense of awareness. So usually they'll identify my chest, you know, I'll feel pressure in my chest or my heart starts racing or I have some like, you know, feeling in my stomach, something like that. And then I asked them, you know, I asked them to talk more about that. And if they can give words to what that feeling might be, sometimes they can't. And sometimes they can. You mean like, okay, I have tightness on my chest. And you say, what is that? What is that? And sometimes they can say that's like an emotion or sometimes they can't say, right. Sometimes they can't identify the feeling, but I may ask them, well, what is that? what is that tightness in your chest saying to you? Ah, okay. And it's saying, get the hell out of here. Right. (laughs) Run for cover. (laughs) Okay. So they identify the feeling in their body. What, what do you do with them after that? Well, then I got, I asked them to, uh, to tell me what it is. How do they make sense of it? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the meaning? What do they say to themselves? And if they stay with that long enough, they, they usually can then come up with, well, I can never get it right with her. And in the work I do, when I have couples together in the same room with me, what I want to do is I'm kind of priming him to be able to tell his wife what Mm -hmm. he's actually feeling and what it, what he's thinking and what it feels like whenever she says or does these things. Because like I said, typically she doesn't see the emotion, you know, that, that initial of, um, where she thinks she's being loving and he receives it as criticism they can get into this kind of pursue, withdraw pattern. And as he's walking away and shutting down, it looks like he's not feeling anything. Right, for sure. Which can only escalate the the person on the pursuer side to come and like, okay, well, you didn't hear that. (laughs) You're not going to respond to that. Well, how about this? And kind of like keep upping it and upping it. And then the more the pursuer is like getting louder with emotion, the more the withdrawer is taking steps back and shutting down. And so the pursuer Mm. and the wife may, you know, most of the time doesn't see any emotion. And what she's trying to get is like, don't my feelings matter to you? Do you feel anything? You know, I often hear women refer to their men as a robot or uh, Mr. Spock or, you know, a deer in the headlights. And so going back to that, you know, scene in my office where he's Mm -hmm. starting to walk around and like there is something going on and it's actually pretty strong. If they're feeling it in that moment, even better. And I asked them to turn to their wife and talk about that. And 
Before I do that, I do ask their wives, like, would you like to hear more about this? Or have you heard this before? And typically they're What is she going to say? No, no, I don't want to hear. Well, sometimes they're not really open. Oh, so pissed off. Like, I don't believe this. He's just saying that, you know, so I want to make sure she's ready for it. Why would she say, I don't believe this? He's just saying that. She's defensive. Yeah. And how can you, you know, it's like all of a sudden he's starting to show some emotion with To a stranger. Right. Right. And she's like, never seen this before. And it's like, she doesn't trust it. It's Uh, like, she wants to see that. Like she wants in. That's what all the pursuing and the going after is about to be able to get in and to see that there's something going on inside. And so it's hard to trust sometimes. So, okay, so just to repeat, when a man feels like he's being attacked or feels like the bad guy because his wife has a need that maybe he can't meet or hasn't met, uh, you encourage men to gain some insight about what you're feeling by identifying what you're feeling in your body, number one, and to help him figure out what he's thinking and what he's feeling and to share that with his wife or partner. So he's... so. You know, what is the success rate of doing that in your office, which is great? I mean, we've been through marriage counseling and it's great. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having a trainer at the gym. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to go to the gym by yourself. Mm-hmm. So how how successful is that? Can you take that home? Yeah, I mean, really, it's I mean, hopefully you're working with where both people are starting to be more self-aware and they're also becoming more aware of their partner and how they trigger their partner and what their partner's trigger reaction is, right? So the shutting down and withdrawing is a trigger reaction. So if the wife, whoever has the wherewithal, whenever there's, when things get kind of triggered like that, um, if one of them can say to the other person, like, let's slow this down, I think, you know, that thing, that cycle that we get into, I think it just happened. Or, you know, if, if she sees him starting to get defensive, she can assume that he's feeling attacked. And if he's feeling attacked, then be able to say that. Even to say that, I feel like you're attacking me right now. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. huge because I feel is is a beautiful statement. Yeah. Even though the, he says you, mm-hmm. it's it's in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. And it also gives the, his wife the opportunity to say, whoa, that's not where I was going with that. Right. You know? Hopefully. Hopefully. As opposed to, I'm not attacking you. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. And then you're down that rabbit hole of fighting. Yeah. Okay, so um, so that's the that's on the man's side. It's very helpful to understand, I think, for women in general to understand when. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, um, when they're defensive, when they feel attacked, is because of childhood baggage, as you mentioned, and mm-hmm. just this pressure to always get it right. Um, so, in the example that I just gave you, uh, so when I I did it right, could I have a hug? What is your advice to couples when one partner is doing it right mm-hmm. and the guy still feels like the bad guy? Mm-hmm. I just gave you a hug two hours ago in 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. What, what is, what's your tip there? Well, <clears throat> if you could say something like, cause you're getting, you're, if you're, you know, you're going into that very in a conscientious way, you're like, okay, I'm, I know he has a sensitivity and you can ask him in that moment, what did you just hear me say? Hmm. Well, I heard you. I'm just going to role play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you. I heard you say you want another hug, but I don't understand. Like I, we we just did two hours ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, what's you know, yeah. what's your problem? Yeah, and what does that mean to you that I want another hug from oh, you? Okay, so you're going. to... What does that mean to you? Ah, uh, so sort of play shrink a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, I don't do that. I don't. I don't do that. I just try to be understanding and be like, yeah, it was so great the first time, two hours and forty seconds ago. I, I need another one. Mm-hmm. Is that okay as well? Well, I mean, if that that can be, if you can just, if he's open to that after, did that work? After yeah, that? it did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't jump in and go, God almighty. I didn't realize there was a limit, a hug limitation there. Uh-huh. I wanted to. I thought it, but I didn't speak it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. one option is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Inquire. What would you hear? Where is that coming from? Yeah. Just so you can have more of an understanding, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the um, getting it wrong. Okay. Like my example of, aren't you going to kiss me? Mm-hmm. So... So you have, in general, men already feeling defensive, not good enough when their partner has a need. Mm -hmm. And then you have on top of that, my example of, um, I call it backdoor attacking. Maybe it was front door attacking, Mm -hmm. uh, criticizing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that really wasn't a question. It was really a criticism. What what happens there? And what is your advice on that? So let's go through that again. How did you say that whenever he walked in the door? Aren't you going to kiss me? You've been mm-hmm. home for like 20 minutes. Hello, I'm right here. Right. You came through the door. I'm right here. You're, you're, that's your obligation. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, just kind of like thinking about, we all come into relationships with different core needs. Um, so for you, I'm guessing like a core need might be lots of affection, lots of maybe reassurance or, uh, words of affirmation, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And so he may have, well, I'm sure he has, because a lot of times men have very different needs, yes. right? Very different core needs, which is what we're kind of alluding to now, which is the need to be able to get things right and to problem solve and to be enough and to be adequate and competent and all of those things. Those are core needs in a relationship. Um, so just thinking about that, that's your need and he's not aware mm-hmm. because he's not feeling the same thing and it's not personal. He doesn't need, like you said, he doesn't need the, the kiss when he gets home. No. Um, so, so going into that, mm. you know, knowing each other's different core needs, right. And that it's okay to have to remind him or to be the one to initiate because it is your need. Right. I mean, it would that be nice. True. You know, it would be nice. Come on now. You're not asking for a lot. Right. <laughs> it would be nice for him to give you a kiss. Right. And probably he does it maybe, I don't know, a percentage of the time or does he never do it? No, he's getting much better. Okay. Yeah. And I'm getting much better about not taking, you know, like, okay, like, come on, Lynn, you're going to have to be the initiator right. 70% of the time or 60. It's okay. Right, right. It's not personal. And he responds. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. in the beginning, I was like, pat a list, mm-hmm. waiting for the next hit. Yeah, yeah. Under- and understanding. So I kind of hear you say, your tip here is reminding yourself and each other of your, your different core needs. Um, different love languages mm-hmm. um, and understanding and trying to meet each other's love language, but you're mm-hmm. not always going to hit a home run. Right. And it's really important how you ask for it too, you know? Exactly. So right. it's like, if you're the one with a need, imagine that you're the one, you're thirsty, right? How would your husband know you're thirsty? Right. You know, you can't expect him to just know or to like periodically get up and get you a glass of water. Right. And then get mad because he can't read your mind. Right. So the same right. thing when you need affection, even if it's the same time every day, right. um, no. he may, who knows, maybe he has something on his mind. Maybe he had a hard day at work or he's, 
he's tired, he's not on point, he's worried about something, and he comes in the door and he's distracted, or he just mm-hmm. got a phone call about something. Yeah, men um, cannot multitask. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And that's not an... I'm not so sure multitasking is a good thing, but yet yeah, we women can handle many different needs at one time, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing, finally, seeing in men, yeah, they're, they're just left, right, black, white, mm-hmm. cut, dry. Yeah. Yeah. So that not taking it personally is really, really important. And then owning that it is my need. So even the expectation that he would come in and be giving you a kiss, what about you just going up to him and kissing him? Right. Right. It doesn't mean that you're getting less of an affection. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So just to recap your tips for men, uh, I love repeating because a lot of people either run and listen to this podcast or walk and not everybody has a pen and paper, but uh, for men, uh, Lisa's tips are so you don't feel like the bad guy every time your partner has a need, maybe, that you didn't meet or it's a new need. Um, gain some insight on what you're feeling. Her great tip was ask yourself, what am I feeling in my body, tightness in my chest or my stomach? And what is that about? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And tell your partner. That would be amazing Mm -hmm. because chances are if she's a good partner, she wants to hear it. (laughs) Number two, um, speaking um, on your, uh, you know, in this case would be the woman, the female, um, honoring your, you know, the fact that you have different core needs, Lisa says. Uh, For example, for me, I need lots of affection. He needs to know that he's getting it right. Uh, Don't take it personally. And number two, um, own your need. Don't be like, well, he should know if he loved me, he would know my favorite colors, whatever. Although that's Mm -hmm. an easy thing. But, you know, he can't Mm -hmm. read your mind. Yeah. Um, So in conclusion, what is, in a a sentence, what is your best advice Mm -hmm. for life on how to help men not feel like the bad guy, but the best guy? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that I think is important for women to be able to convey to their husband is that he's not the bad guy. He's the most important guy. And this is why she's so upset all the time, <laughs> all the time, because it feels like that to him, right? We're not yeah, upset all the time, no. but, um, but when you're the, the times you're describing is like, you're upset, you know, just kind of a general upset feeling because he's so important and you just want more of him. Right. But yet whenever you're conveying that to him, he feels like he's the bad guy and he's done something wrong. So being able to let him know that he's the most important guy and when you can't reach him and when you don't get what you need from him in terms of the love and affection that makes you feel close and connected, that it it's upsetting for you. And sometimes the way that we communicate that can come across in a way that feels like criticism because we're not being our most in our most vulnerable place. And also it's frustrating if you have told him time and time again you know so i would say just to keep that in mind conveying that to him and even for the man to be like all right you know she she thinks i'm the most important person and she has these needs because she loves me and i feel those i feel those needs for her but also i mean men can you know think about what are the things that my wife needs and you know, step it up there too. try to remember at least a few things that are really, really important when it comes to rituals and make sure that they, they really be, you know, conscientious and get those done. What is the reaction? Thank you. That was great. What is the reaction of men in your office when you tell them what you just said? She, she's asking for this. She needs this from you because you're her number one. Do they hear you? 
Yeah, in general. I, they do, okay. and a lot of times they say, "Well, I don't feel like it." Ah, uh, you know, I'm last on her list. I mean, not mm. feeling like a priority is a very common thing that men feel, especially huh. yeah, when women have a lot going on. It's the kids, or even sometimes when we go back in time, it'll be like, you know, I was. Her most important, her priority until our son was born. It's always the kids. Those damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> Created out of love, but yet they, yeah. yeah. So that's a whole different podcast, but is there any ownership on the woman's part? I know we're getting off track, but I it, it, just want to touch on it briefly. I think there could be some truth in that. I mean, obviously when you have kids, your attention shifts as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, in, I mean, is there some truth in... Men feeling like, wow, I used to feel like her number one, and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think we all, we do have to look at that whenever our husbands are telling us that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always say that, like, marriages are always important, but they're not urgent until they become urgent. And, you know, when you have little kids or you have a demanding job or whatever is going on, those things can be urgent, especially, you know, crying babies, they're very demanding, and you're attending to the things that are most urgent. So it's very easy to put your relationship on the back burner, especially right. if your husband's not complaining and you're just kind of going along. Um, so just, it's really just being intentional about that. And it can also, and even as kids grow, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're still, they're still demanding. They are. Yes. You got to make dates, you got to make time, you got to get back to it. That's a whole mm-hmm. nother thing. Well, you also tend to grow apart in those years, yes. you know, unless you're intentionally staying connected. So you right. get into these habits, you're living as roommates, you're kind of like just mm-hmm. in your own lane. So whether or not the kids are still equally demanding, you've already created that distance in your relationship. So it's hard to bridge and it's hard to even identify what's going on outside of just knowing that you're feeling Cause disconnected. Because it's a slow erosion many times. Exactly. Yeah. Distance. Mm-hmm. So you are so wise, Lisa. You can reach Lisa on her Instagram at Dr. Lisa Arango, all one word. Or you you want an email? What would you prefer? Um, yeah, Instagram is great. Messaging. Yeah, yeah. DM. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love your reels. She's very inspiring. and you, It's only, oh, only like you. 12 seconds. And I'm like, oh, that's a good tip. <laughs> or, or you can also reach her at uh, LisaArango.com. Is that correct? It's DrLisaArango.com, yes. Doctor with a period? No. Dr. Lisa Arango, A-R-A-N-G-O. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Men, know that we love you. Women, what can we say to we women? <laughs> Don't take it personally. Uh-huh. Own your need. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.